Good morning, Boker Tov, buenos dias, sabah lecher. This is Shana Fold here with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, August 30th, 2021 in the Gregorian calendar and the 22nd of Elul, 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. If I were a kid in grade school back in New York City, I would be depressed that today is the last day of August because I would know that school would be right around the corner and that summer would be over and that beach days are going to be gone pretty soon. But since I live in Tel Aviv now, I have so much more beach weather. We have two months more of beach weather at least So I'm feeling really good about that. Feeling really relieved. Feeling really relieved. Today we have a little exclusive special report on a specific film from the Jerusalem Film Festival, which runs from August 24th to September 5th at the Jerusalem Cinematheque. Now, let's get to the news. Everyone is freaking out because for the first time in more than 10 years, Benny Gantz, Israel's defense minister, and Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas sat down together in Ramallah. The media made a big to-do about it, and everyone thought that the two were going to be talking about peace, which seems plausible since it's the number one priority. But the prime minister's office actually says that the meeting is meant to deal only with matters of security, and there would be no diplomatic processes moving forward at all. Meretz, which is a left-wing party, had a member of Knesset named Mosi Raz who tweeted out that the statement from the Prime Minister's office was outrageous and commented that, of course, a diplomatic process would be in Israel's interest. So why aren't they talking about those things? Now, a statement from Gantz office, however, says something a little bit different. It says that the two discussed issues of security, diplomacy, economics, and civil affairs during their talk. A senior official from the Palestinian Authority named Hussein al-Sheikh, who is close to Abbas, tweeted out that Gantz and Abbas discussed all aspects of Palestinian-Israeli relations. Just weeks ago, the Israeli health minister met his Palestinian counter for a discussion as well. So some people are saying that this type of collaboration looks good. Looks like there's some brightness coming forward. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett met with the U.S. President Joe Biden Friday for their first in-person diplomatic meeting. He started by extending his condolences for the American lives lost in Kabul, Afghanistan, where around nine civilians, including children, were killed Sunday after an airstrike hit a car that was loaded up with explosives. This comes after 13 American service members were killed and as many as 170 civilians died during a suicide bombing on Thursday. The Islamic State Khorasan claimed responsibility for this. Khorasan is a region within Afghanistan. The United States had a military presence in Afghanistan for 20 years and is now pulling out all of its troops. As soon as that happened, the Taliban stormed the country and took over. Now America is working on taking out the organizers of that attack, as well as evacuating the last of the Americans and Afghan allies in Afghanistan with a flexible deadline of August 31st. Biden says he wants to keep August 31st as the deadline to be completely out, but there may need to be a little flexibility there. Bennett, Israel's prime minister, says Israel stands unequivocally with the United States 
and thanked President Biden for his support to the state of Israel. Bennett says, however, that, quote, in our region, doing good is not enough. Israel has to be strong in order to do good. Be strong so we can do good. We cannot lose sight for even one moment that we're in the toughest neighborhood in the world. We've got ISIS on our southern border, Hezbollah on our northern border, Islamic Jihad, Hamas, Iranian militias that surround us. All of them want to kill us and kill Israelis. They all want to annihilate the Jewish state. He went on to say his main issue is... Iran's race to create nuclear weapons. Bennett says that in a private room, the president made clear that Iran would never be able to acquire nuclear weapons, but that he would be trying the diplomatic route first before exercising other options. Bennett also says that Israel has never and will never ask America for them to send their troops to us here and that the country has never outsourced security. That's Israel he's referring to. He thanks America for assisting with tools and support, however. The biggest criticism coming out of this discussion is that apparently Bennett promised that he would not publicly campaign against the Iran nuclear deal, though he's vehemently against it. He says he believes more dialogue will lead to a better outcome, however. So if anything develops here... We'll let you know. Prime Minister Bennett is apparently, according to the Times of Israel, considering offering the Biden administration Israel's help in transporting the Afghan refugees from U.S. bases to a third-party country for resettlement. Sources are telling the Times of Israel that the, only, that the country is only willing to help for settling anyone outside of Israel because many of the people who are fleeing Afghanistan would, quote, never set foot on Israeli soil, probably because they don't believe in Israel's right to exist. So they wouldn't want to come here. The proposal would be more like helping airlift refugees and bring them to Qatar and Kuwait, where thousands are already getting getting settled in there. So the idea would be to facilitate and help rather than bring refugees to us. I'll keep you updated here. That is definitely an Israel angle to this Afghanistan story, if I ever heard of one. And I want to know if the IDF is going to be involved in this in any way. And I'm sure you'll want to know as well. And I'll be the one to tell you. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I come up with myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in being up to date on Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one central link in the show notes, which you can click on, and it'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. Check out our website at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's number one. Number two, you can share the show with a friend. And number three, you can follow us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. Do you remember the story I told you It was so horrible. About five Israelis who assaulted a 20-year-old Palestinian young man last week in Jerusalem. Well, these men have been indicted. According to the police, the five young men between the age of 17 and 22 committed the stabbing attack with a nationalistic motive. But prosecutors, by the way, did not include that in the indictment. And get this. 
These guys were apparently on their way to a slichot prayer at the Western Wall, which are prayers that are meant to be apologetic in nature because we're approaching a time of the year for repentance in the Jewish calendar. One was charged with aggravated intentional assault and possession of a knife. The other is with aggravated assault. Ahmed Salima has, had been sitting outside waiting for his cab to show up after a shift at a restaurant in Jerusalem's Machin Yehuda market when these five men attacked him. He says that they didn't say anything during the assault and that it was for no apparent reason. They chased him up Agrippa Street, if you're familiar with that street, it's the one at the bottom of the shuk. They beat him and they stabbed him with something sharp and, and this is caught on camera. The young man is from East Jerusalem. He's now being cared for in Jerusalem at Sharet Tzedek Hospital. They said that he was in critical condition when they brought him there. In ecological news, the Elat Ashkelon Pipeline Company has announced that some fuel has leaked out from its pipeline in the south. The pipeline stretches up to Haifa. Once the leak was discovered, the flow was paused so that the company could work on cleaning up. Around 100 cubic meters of fuel escaped from the pipe contaminating 800 tons of soil from around 3,000 square meters. The soil is being removed. 800 tons of it has been removed. Thank you to the Jerusalem Post for covering that one. Good news for those who like Ambassador Tsipi Hotovli. She represents Israel in London. She's going to continue doing her three years there as ambassador to the United Kingdom. There was some doubt because she was assigned by former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and was actually asked to resign by current Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, who is going to be Israel's next Prime Minister after two years. He came in with a new administration and asked her to leave. However, Lapid's office today confirmed that she's actually going to stay on for the rest of her two years for the mission. Former Yeshatid member of Knesset Yael German was the person Lapid envisioned for that role and wanted to swap them. But she has been sent to France, so I guess that problem has been solved. Hatovli hired a lawyer to defend her position, and a source close to Lapid tells the Jerusalem Post that once she started to insist on remaining in her seat, he backed down and said that he wouldn't replace her. Now that is the Israeli way. Okay, that is the perfect example of the Israeli way. It's not easy. You have to fight for it. You have to get a lawyer. You have to say that you're not going to do it. You refuse. This is the Israeli way. She did it. She got what she wanted. Our last good news bump for the day before our special report on the film Kosher Rehab. Israeli swimmer Ami Omer Dadon has won the gold in the men's 200-meter freestyle, and Mark Maliar won the bronze for the men's 100-meter backstroke today in the Tokyo 2021 Paralympics. Israel now has a total of seven medals from the Paralympics races, and four of those seven are gold. Congratulations to all the competitors. We know it's not easy, and we're so proud. Okay, so yesterday I covered the Jerusalem Film Festival, which was held at the Jerusalem Cinematique. There are more than eight pages worth of films on the website, okay? Eight pages worth of films. I went to see one that is called Kosher Rehab, directed by Anna Oliker. She's, a well, she's well known in the Jerusalem area for being a fierce lawyer and also a filmmaker. She comes from Russia, grew up between Israel and the USA, and now she lives here in Israel full-time. The film follows the journey of a man named Eric Levitz, who is a recovered drug addict seeking to help 
others. He finds a therapy that works in a facility in Cleveland, Ohio, and he sets out on a journey to create a completely free, tuition-free house in Jerusalem, which would support men who come from Orthodox families. The meals are kosher. There is a space for prayer and but the real important part is finding a community to get clean with. The film was emotional. It was 65 minutes. I laughed a little. I cried. I gasped. I really gasped. I put my hand over my heart and gasped when I heard how some of these young men were putting drugs into their bodies, the ways that they were finding to get drugs into their bloodstreams. The facility is called the AZ House, and it is free of charge. Like I said, the residents have to cook, clean, and work together together. The programs are not led by counselors, rather by experienced people who found their way out of the drug world and understand the struggles of those that they work with. That was very important for Levitt. He's not about professional counselors. He's about people who have real-life experience. The program is run through a 12-step process, and the only thing to do at the house is focus on recovery. That's the only thing. The AZ house was opened in 2016 due to a lack of free residential recovery options in Israel. Not a lot of recovery options in Israel. This is the one and only. It's open to any type of religious person, and the idea is simply to recover and focus on that. I also had a celebrity sighting while I was at the after-party cocktails. I saw Moran Rosenblatt, who is famous for a handful of roles in Israeli TV, but most recently you'll know her as Segev's sister, the detective Tali Shapira in the, in the TV series Hit and Run. I told her that she plays my favorite character in that show, which is produced by the famous Avi Issacharoff and Leo Raz, who are two talented Israeli writers. Raz is also the lead actor named Segev in the show. All right, now getting back to the film Kosher Rehab, okay? I'm going to play a few audio bites from the interviews that I conducted with the man who runs the rehab center. His name is Eric Levitz. He was also the star of the film. The film follows him. And after we hear from him, we're going to hear a message from the director, Ms. Anna Oliker, who's a big deal. And then finally, we are going to hear from a program participant named Jordan. He said that reviewing the movie yesterday in the theater reminded him of where he used to be in life. And it really stirred up some emotions for him. And um, what's the most important thing for you that people take away from the film today? It didn't... It... It didn't, uh, I don't know if this can be taken away from, from the film, but this model and this system, it's, it says it in our numbers, it said 49 out of 80, that you can't find another treatment center on earth with that statistic. And we can prove that statistic. You can come to my office, we'll open the book, and we will call every person in that book, and you will see can see you can go and find them this system should replace 90% of the other treatment centers a lot of people will be out of work but there's no reason to pay $30,000 a month for something that'll give you 5% chance when you can not pay anything $1,000 a month come to our place and have above a 60% chance and it needs the community's support. There needs to be another one of these in Israel for men. There needs to be two more for women. There needs to be two stateside for men, two stateside for women. 
and these things need to start to exist in every community um, supported by by each community and it'll save the community millions of dollars and um, they'll also save money for the funerals too this is something that Israel needed because it didn't exist here this is not a new system this has been going on since the early early 90s in Cleveland Ohio I just went I went there it worked for me and then I moved here and realized there's no Jewish Jewish version of it there's no kosher version of it so um, they have a few systems here which are dated and don't don't work um, they need to be discontinued the same way some of the old medications have been discontinued or like lobotomies for example we don't do that anymore the Israeli rehab system we shouldn't be doing that anymore um, uh, one out of 70 doesn't justify the millions and millions of shekels that are being spent uh, to fund these operations um, Israel definitely needed not another option but they needed another option and a better option they needed one that worked and so I only speak English so I can only do it for English speakers but there should be a there should be a Hebrew a, a version in Hebrew my, my goal isn't religious or kosher or orthodox my goal is everybody including kosher including orthodox one of the things actually that really drew me to them was like the music because pretty much I'm going to say an overwhelming part of the guys in, in the house are musicians and I was able to get only some of the original music into the film but that's also like a dream of mine to do something about the music and it's just really like I'm like very into pioneers you know like my, my first film that I made was about pioneers and I really feel like Eric is like a pioneer because he comes to a country he doesn't know the language and he's like people need help this is what I have to do thank you and he just does it he just like just does it what was important for you that came out of the movie what was something important that you had hoped that would come out of the movie or something that came out of the movie that moved to you? remember where i came from can you tell me more about that my whole life i've been trying to run away from emotions it could be from when i was a child that age uh running away to my room crying or something and then it could be later on in life problems with the police before drugs and alcohol and then uh you know car accidents and pills and then everything I don't know. It, 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 this this film, for me at least, and the documentary, uh, it reminds me of where I was emotionally. And if I could only remember that every day sometimes, um, you know, things move forward a little bit smoother because the acceptance is a lot stronger. Well, I lived here years ago in Yeshiva, and then I knew I was going to come back one day. And I had my last overdose, and I said, all right, so I probably should get real help and not, like, go to these uh, rehabs where insurance is included or it's not included, in a sense, and, uh, you know, tear apart anything that my parents have left that could help me with, you know? So, but, yeah. Amazing. Is this something that you think is important for Israel? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of American kids. I was here in Yeshiva. When I was, uh, was 2006, 2007, 90% of those people are like either missing or not around anymore. Um, and most of them were, come from very religious backgrounds where they're peer pressured and they don't feel right. 
they run off to Israel and they get messed up. This is like a long time ago before the train was up. Um, but I myself remember going on foot with no shoes from uh, Geula all the way past the Takana Merkazit in Yerushalayim in order to find something to use so I could feel not sick. Drugs. Uh, all right. Well, I hope that that moved you as much as it moved me. I've added a link to the AZ House website so that you can refer a friend to it if you know someone who needs recovery or if you want to send a donation. We have the link there too. They operate entirely off public support. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, August 20th. 2021 tel aviv has a low of 26 degrees celsius and a high of 30 31 degrees that's 79 degrees fahrenheit for the low going up to 88 degrees for the high subscribe to the israel daily news podcast on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from we are everywhere don't forget to sign up to our israel weekly news wrap it's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of israel from throughout the week i'll send you off today with the Cameria of Yuval Gilboa by Sulam El Kiyam. It's been a while since I've played this song and I can't remember how I found it. Enjoy it. Have a great and productive day and an excellent week. Joe, 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 tell us where we're supposed to go. I guess I've never understood In which road should I walk Cry, cry, cry Tell us that you don't know why We don't need to find a reason In the corner of the eye So we came from Dubai to the west of Japan From the side of the hood to the land of Peru And we have to know where though we never know why All these places we found have turned into eyes I guess I've never understood In which road should I walk Moi, moi, moi Une vie qu'une fois And if you still don't understand You'll be in the corner of the eye And we have to find where and we have to believe that a taste of the air from the seed of the flight is we spending our time.